Welcome to Native Yoga Toddcast. My name is Todd McLaughlin, and I will be your host. If you would like to learn more about our upcoming live stream yoga classes, workshops, teacher trainings, and or our online yoga studio, please visit us at nativeyogacenter.com. Thank you. Sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome. I'm pleased to introduce you to today's guest, Nzinga Oniwosan. And Nzinga is a holistic health consultant and plant-based chef. And so please check her out on her website, which is yesbabyilikeitraw.com. And also check her out on Instagram. Her handle there is the same, at yesbabyilikeitraw. All right, I'm excited for our conversation today. Here we go. Hi, Nzinga. So nice to have you here today. Thank you so much for joining. I really appreciate you taking some time out of your day to speak with me. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited about having this conversation with you today. Thanks, Nzinga. I've had a chance to uh, get to know you now for the past couple months since we met at the, well, actually, I met you a while back ago at Greg Nardi's studio down in Fort Lauderdale, but then had a chance to practice with you at the winter yoga gathering down in Fort Lauderdale. And when was it? That was in, in, in January? That was January, I think. February. February. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. The only thing <laughs> I know is I remember speaking to my boyfriend right after, and he was in Africa at the time. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's awesome. What, what part of Africa did he go to? He went to Cameroon and Guinea-Bissau, and his timing was really impeccable because if he had pushed the trip out a little bit further, he might have been stuck in Africa with COVID. Wow. I hear you, right? That that would be interesting being being in another country and not being able to travel or leave. Or I heard New Zealand for a little while pretty much like locked it down even to its residents at one point where, you know, they were, even if you wanted to come back in, they were saying, no, that's, that's kind of heavy. <laughs> yeah, I actually have some friends who are stuck in Africa right now. I have a friend in Tanzania and a friend in Ghana that's been stuck. Wow. And they've gone into pain and haven't been able to get back to the States. Oh my gosh, that's crazy! What they just went for vacation or visit, visit, and and then now, what? Which which side is not letting them move? The U.S. side or the um, Africa side? I think it's both. So my one friend, she actually lives in Jamaica, and she was in East Africa for a yoga retreat, <laughs> wow. and now she got stuck and didn't get to come back. And so the other friend has a business in both here in the States and they were in Ghana to run business and they can't, I don't think they can leave Ghana. Wow. You know, so it's just really interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, I I know that got canceled. I might've got stuck in Ecuador. So I hear you. I hear you. Do you, do you have any, have you paused all your future travel plans for the time being? Or are you setting, I know that you offer retreats and actually on that note, I, I would like to kind of um, give everybody a chance to hear what your mission is in life in terms of your career and, and what you do. Can you tell us a little bit about you and what, what you do? Sure. My mission is to help people find their power um, and to know that everything they need starts with them. Mm. Um, and that 
there's a place where you can have balanced mind, body, and spirit. So I would say I'm in the business of inspiring people to be the best versions of themselves through an exploration, through art, um, holistic medicine, and um, yoga. Nice. That's cool. And what are your main... Um, so you mentioned yoga. Can you explain a little bit about your journey with with eating, diet, and raw food? Sure. So I my journey didn't come because I wanted to be um, whole foods, plant based, or vegan. Uh-huh. It came out of um, illness, and a lot of times people, some people do it for the animals, some people do it for ethical reasons. Um, I came in because I wanted to have a better life. I was diagnosed when I was a teenager or preteen actually with a benign brain tumor as well as a rare autoimmune disorder and polycystic ovary syndrome. And as a result of that, I was seeing several specialists and was placed on medication. I was told I had to be on medication for the rest of my life. Wow. Um, my autoimmune disorder is actually the deadliest in women of color. Mm. Um, so like at a very young age, I had a very clear um, understanding that I wasn't going to be here forever, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. That was a really hard time for me to be diagnosed with that. It's kind of like, what? You know, I had to like confront the idea that I might not live as long as I hoped when I was just starting to live. Wow. So fast forward in college, I decided to do a little bit of research and felt that if I took a more holistic stance to living, that I might derive better results than the approaches that I was taking up to that point. Mm. And so that looks like a lifestyle overhaul. I became um, vegan, plant-based. I started practicing yoga. I um, started to do what I call green living. So just really eliminating a lot of toxic um, chemicals through the products that I use. Um, Filter on the shower, clean alkaline water, you know, beauty products were being thrown out for something that was really clean and pure. And so that journey started in 2001 and here we are. August will make it 19 years. And a lot of things that they told me I wouldn't be able to do um, without medication I'm able to do um, on my own. And so I'm at a place where my food is my primary medicine. Mm. And And so one of my passion points when working with people is to know that your body is this divine instrument and it, it was designed to heal itself and we just have to get out of the way so that it can do what it needs to do. Um, so that's awesome. How, uh, did you have benefit like immediately when you started to make these changes or is it something that you feel has been, a cumulative effect like it did it take like two to three years before you started feeling like you were willing to maybe uh take the challenge of going off some of the medications that you mentioned or was it was it pretty quick and immediate how did that evolve or transpire that was that's a great question so um at the time i was what 20 i thought that i could just take away the medication and go green and eat vegetables (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I know that's how we all are in our 20s isn't it you're just like yeah. so gung-ho <laughs> it, 
And that my body was like, I don't know what you think you're going to do, but it doesn't work like that in the real world. (laughs) And so like one of the things I was challenged with because of um, the polycystic ovary syndrome and the tumor is I couldn't self-regulate with my menstrual cycle. So it literally was absent. And that mm. was one of the ways that they were able to like discover my brain tumor. Mm. So I have a, actually a pituitary tumor. And if those of you are not aware, the pituitary gland is like your master gland and it helps to regulate so much. And in my case, it was causing this hormone called prolactin to be an excess. And prolactin is present in small numbers, but particularly in women, it starts, the numbers start to increase. Um, and it's what produces milk, hence the word prolactin. Mm. And it's also what makes the menstrual cycle stop happening um, mm. when someone is pregnant. So it was making me not have a period. So here I am, 20, like, yeah, I'm not going to take these medications anymore. Yeah. And I had a 30-day menstrual cycle. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so like, then I go to my gynecologist, <laughs> who had been with since I was literally 12 years old. So he's known me for nine years. And I was just like, this is what I'm doing. And I don't know what's happening right now. He's like, you can't just jump off medication yeah. and just eat plants. But he wasn't against me being vegan. He was just like, your body is essentially like addicted to these drugs and it doesn't know how to do anything on its own. Right. So what I do is lower it so to see what can happen. But you just can't go cold turkey off of medication that you've literally been taking for almost a decade. Yeah. That's it. That's so, a, really, that's a, okay. Yes, please go, go, keep going. <laughs> yeah. So like this, I always use that example because I think a lot of times when we go the natural route, we think it's as simple as change your diet, do some yoga and the world will be like butterflies and rainbows mm-hmm. in, in sunshine. Yes. And it doesn't always work like that. So it was, it took some time for my body to self-regulate. Um, and so like with this holistic approach to healing, there's a lot of trial and error that happens. And I, it, so it requires you not to be a sprinter, um, but instead a long distance runner. Mm. So what that looks for, like for me is I was then recommended by a friend to a naturopathic doctor who then mm-hmm. put me on a, um, series of supplements and a dietary plan. And, um, through that I was able to, I had to literally wean myself off the medication. So it wasn't just like a hundred percent off. It's like, okay, three quarters of the way, then then a quarter until then the supplements in my food were sufficient. And then I weaned myself off of the supplements because I was literally like, when he gave me the supplement list, I spent about three or $400 on supplements. And I was like, this is like the same stuff that I was doing on like from a Western perspective in terms of medicine. Mm-hmm. And so then I changed my diet. Um, I started doing therapy. I did a lot of work around trauma and um, in stress mm. because what I found as I started to go to more holistic practitioners and they were evaluating my health, not just from a physical stance, but they were also assessing it from like, let's talk about your trauma. Let's talk about, um, your childhood, let's talk about your stress, then I began to understand why some of the things that I was dealing with at a young age showed up. So wow. for instance, with my 
autoimmune disorder, when I went to see a Chinese medicine doctor, he immediately said that was a disease of fear. Mm. And initially I was hesitant to accept that as fact, but then as I took some time to reflect and ponder, um, and I thought about what I was dealing with at that time of my life, I was living in perpetual fear. So it only would make sense then particularly because of what I, what I was dealing with at that time, I was internalizing that my body would have to deal with it in another sense. And so that, that could have been a possibility as to why I then um, had this autoimmune disorder. That's a great disease. insight. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, so like with holistic practices, because um, I, and my healing journey, I then became certified as a holistic health practitioner, yoga teacher, vegan chef. And the fact, because I wanted to own my healing, mm. and I also wanted to help people with that journey, because my initial dream was to be a physician. So mm. it's not that I lost the path, I just wanted to take a different approach. Yeah. And so when we look at healing um, from a holistic place, if we see something happening physically, we also must look at what's happening spiritually and mentally because they all line up. So yep. sometimes when we see physical, when, it, when we see an incongruence physically, then that means there's something also going on spiritually and potentially mentally as well. That makes a lot of sense. And I, I um, that makes me think of the fact that you've had the opportunity to experience what you said regarding just kind of doing the cold turkey effect and expecting the rainbows and butterflies to appear. And then now in your process of coaching people and working with people to, to have that as a real life experience that you went through makes it so much probably um, easier to coach somebody or help somebody that's, that's maybe thinking the same way. So I could see where that would be a, a pretty good life skill, even though when we're going through it, we don't quite see that this is going to work in our favor <laughs> that we have to yeah. go through. <laughs> And, you know, so when I have conversations with clients, I'm always like, we need to at least have a good solid three months with each other. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of, like, rewiring in terms of, like, conditioning, right? Yep. There's behaviors that we have that we've been doing for so long, and it's so hard to rewire new behaviors. Um, and a lot of times when people approach wellness, when they, particularly when they're coming from a place of chronic disease or an acute crisis, they want to climb a mountain when they barely can walk around their neighborhood, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so like this fast food approach to healing comes out of this Western Band-Aid approach because Western medicine often isn't focused on healing. It's focused on masking our symptoms and yeah. not necessarily looking for um, the reason why the symptoms showed up in the first place. Right. That's interesting. I hear you. Um, are you since, since, well, you said it's been about 20 years since you started this journey. Um, mm -hmm. can you think of another challenge that came up along the way that has made you stronger? Oh, you know, you, you mentioned that, you know, a couple of challenges. Is there another, some significant element that, or something that, that's really challenged you, but you feel like you've, you've come out stronger for? I almost died. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> that is a serious uh, challenge. Well, can you explain <laughs> how, sure. how did that happen? <laughs> 
I went to the beach one day. I live in sunny Florida, and um, I got caught in a rip current and lost consciousness. Whoa. I'm not sure how I got pulled out, <laughs> um, but the people who pulled me out said I wasn't breathing, and they started to pray for me. And, Whoa. Um, I, ended up, I ended up in ICU, and it definitely led to a life check. Wow. I think I was a bit scattered and not as focused as I needed to be up until that point. Yeah. And being confronted with that, because I remember being in the ocean and at first I had my God talk, you know, like yeah. for any of us um, who've been confronted like with death head on, you kind of have a conversation and, you know, and I'm like, yo, it's what's going on. I'm not, I don't want to die. <laughs> <laughs> You know, as I'm like struggling to get out of this current. And I remember that there was this place where I had to have peace with it. And it's mm. like, well, I guess I have to be okay with the fact that this is my time to go. Um, yeah. I didn't expect it to happen in this way, but obviously I'm not getting out of this. In that know? moment, you had that realization. That moment, yeah. And I remember seeing someone coming to my, um, aid and reaching for her and her reaching for me but our hands fell short and then it blacked out like a movie like it was like okay and see cut wow yeah you know um and then i woke up and i was on the beach and people around me and it's just like oh my god i'm alive (laughs) wow um how long ago was that nzinga how long ago was that that was oh my gosh that was 2007. 2007. So it's been a good 13, 13 years ago. Yeah, 2007. Um, but it definitely was transform- transformative for me because, you know, again, when you're in your 20s, it's like, la, la, la. And I was definitely, uh-huh. like, I was my immigrant parents, like, worst nightmare. Like, you know, I was- <laughs> Overachiever, <laughs> full scholarship to college, you know, like, so like I was on this, I was on the immigrant overachiever path of success. <laughs> and, like, I was their poster child and I decided like, no, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to <laughs> art and just like live and heal and have plants just to eat, you know, and my parents are like, what happened? So <laughs> yeah. What are you doing with your life? <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so interesting. I can imagine, yeah, you have that sort of like maybe questions of who am I doing all this for? Now I got to live my life for myself. What is important? I'm just going to live it to the fullest. And I can only imagine that's wild. Well, yeah. That, yeah. And my mom is super religious. So she was like, you're, you almost died because you're not giving your heart to God. And I was just like, oh, boy. <laughs> you know, but you know, it allowed me to get really focused. Yeah. Uh, allowed me to get rid of the things that didn't matter. It allowed me to make sense of the people who are around me, you know, um, wow. who showed up when I was in the hospital and who did it, who called yeah. Who called yep. was asked for me to give more of myself when I obviously was in a state of crisis, you know? Yeah. Um, it took me a while to even recover because uh, when I went into ICU, there was their fear was that I would have congested heart failure hmm. or 
um, pneumonia. I ended up with the, the ladder and both my lungs had been filled with salt water. And if you understand how the body works, that's like the worst thing, you know, like your cells work on a sodium potassium ratio and like never in my life had I ever heard doctors be concerned about being, being too acidic. Mm. <laughs> and that was like the major conversation. Like she's super acidic right now. Like we can't let her out. Um, I bet. But I almost felt like it was like, okay, like, Hey, Nzinga, I know you're like, I'm just going to go with the flow and, ooh, you know, and, yeah. but we need you to get really focused. And so it allowed me to like, hone in into where I, how I wanted to live and how I wanted, what kind of legacy I wanted to leave in this world. That's really awesome. You know, when I look at your website and I see your posts on Instagram and, and um, I'm really inspired by how well you have organized your 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 mission and your your work and your career like um, I'm I'm impressed so I think that would have to come from it's interesting to hear that story because it gives me insight into maybe some of the drive behind what gave you that type of focus to really go for it yeah and you know like I was having this moment of like stillness and reflection and I feel like a lot of times when people like hear my whole dossier in terms of like these are all the things I do or done. They're like, oh my gosh, you've done so much. I feel like an underachiever. But I really think these confrontations with death made me want to like live my life to the fullest because mm. I recognize that tomorrow's not promised. You know, mm. not too many twelve year olds and thirteen year olds are told that they might not live. That's such their, a good point. You know? Yeah. And so like I think that helped me um, decide very early on that, yeah, there were the dreams that my parents had for me because they were immigrants coming from Haiti um, to America. But then, like, what about my dreams? I wanted mm-hmm. to know that when I died, the things that I did were the things that I've always wanted to explore. And so even now, I have, like, this long list of things that I want to do, and COVID kind of got in the way. I'm turning 40 this year so it's just like oh like let me do 20 like let me dismantle 20 fears and and um attack 20 dreams Mm. and like I have like this plan and (laughs) it's kind of like not going at the pace that I expected but you know um I'm just grateful to be here and I'm grateful to be able to share um, that is awesome Zinga pathway you know towards being the person i am today that is so awesome i hear you i feel like i uh had uh, a recent opportunity to get together with the cystic fibrosis community and the a, a lot of a lot of the people that are diagnosed with cf at a young age have uh to come to terms with the exact same thing that you mentioned like your our mortality and and um, the appreciation for every day and the appreciation for simple things like being able to breathe that they have uh, imparted on me has, has given me that sort of outsider perspective of how, how important every, every day, every single breath is. So I, I find that fascinating to, to hear those stories and to, it gives me a bunch of inspiration because it makes me think that's right. You know, I got to make the most of this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Now, how, how do you see the similarity? I mean, you're right. There's this whole, uh, you know, tell, say what your plans are. And then 2020 comes around and says, think again. How are you processing and digesting everything that we've been going through in the last three months in relation to, you know, your past experiences? Is it, are you finding that is giving you inspiration? Are you finding it still just as challenging again? What, what are you thinking? You know, I... I haven't really slowed down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, this That's, happened. Yeah. In some ways I did, like in the beginning, like there was a split second when I was going to like freak out because I am like self-employed um, and have businesses in two places. Mm-hmm. But then like, like my intuition, like my little inner voice is just like, be still. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, just take some time and breathe and don't react don't do like there's one of my models is never do anything out of desperation mm. because initially i was going to start launching certain things just because i was like oh my god the world is shutting down i don't know what they're going to do with this contract i have mm-hmm. and then like that voice said nope 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 that's not what you're going to do hang out chill out and everything's going to be okay right so um Obviously, the world is definitely a lot different than we expected it six months in for 2020. But so many opportunities have opened themselves for me. I feel like there is, um, I've conquered a lot of my imposter syndrome. Because um, there's things that I wanted to launch that I never launched because there's just like never the right time or I felt like I needed to have more search. Um, like it's just a lot of negative self-talk in the background mm. and like I have pushed myself um, to release some things that I've always wanted to release and just, you know, like you're, you're enough, you know, a lot, you have like mm. 19 years of experience just in terms of like how you've approached things living for yourself. Yeah. So like, you know, like, so your tribe, you'll attract your, your vibe will attract your tribe, you know? Yeah. So it's been good. I've also just been mindful of like my mental health mm-hmm. because this month, this year has been like a doozy. So, <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> it has you know? been a doozy. I agree. <laughs> there are moments that I'm like, uh, I like wake up and I'm like, it's almost like I look at, peek out underneath my comforter and it's like is this, is this like real was this a dream and it's like oh crap is this, this is real life <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> yes I do I, I so do <laughs> so just like having moments to acknowledge that this year has been intense for the world yeah. and there's what I'm feeling from like a micro level and then there's like the macro that the world is feeling a lot right now mm-hmm. and making sure that as I'm holding space for whoever comes into my circle that I need to make sure I'm also equally holding space for myself, which is often hard as wellness practitioners. That's a good point. uh, Because we sometimes feel like because our work is something that we also is, is something that we like me teaching a yoga class. Is not my yoga practice? Right. (laughs) Right you know, or mm-hmm. my doing the other parts of my packages for my client doesn't negate the fact that I still need to do the same for myself. Yeah. Um, 
sometimes it, there's like this fuzzy, wuzzy gray area where it feels like, yeah, I practiced yoga today. I taught X number of classes. And I was like, no, that still doesn't count towards your practice. That's um, a good point. Practice, there's a practice. When you practice for yourself, you don't have to have like that internal dialogue of like, okay, let me check in with the class and da 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 Like, it's not a moving meditation anymore once you're teaching. <laughs> That's so true. So, um, just be, making sure I have some type of like self care every day has been really critical for me this year. Man, I hear you, Nzinga. I had a moment yesterday where, um, you know, we, we've been on a similar track of, uh, stay busy to kind of keep things moving. And, and, uh, we had a, an opportunity to just go to the beach yesterday and, and take the family down. And I found that once I just like planted myself down there, I was feeling a little stressed out before. And I felt like that was a, a really therapeutic experience to, to just like stare out at the ocean and, and look at the horizon and, and kind of not have any other things in my view and, and just start to try to breathe and relax a little bit because I, I, I've been noticing how, how much that stress is mounting up. And so you're right as a healthcare practitioner and it's sometimes when you're, when you're in a classroom setting teaching and, or, you know, doing your, your art or your, your practice with people, you, you, um, you kind of put yourself sometimes on hold a little bit to, to stay that positive kind of, you know, uh, uh, person and or uh, thought and thinking. And, and so then to, to really make sure that we're taking the time to stop and actually feel that 100% and not just try to project it is a really interesting process. But I'm finding it's so essential right now. It is. It really is. Yeah. Awesome. So I'm just trying to make sure that there's a one-to-one ratio. If I teach X number of hours per day, that I'm also giving myself X number of hours in that day to recharge. Yeah, that's a good point. Hard versus a twenty-to-one ratio. <laughs> Twenty hours helping and one minute hanging out for yourself. <laughs> yeah. So I, even yesterday, I did. I spent the day at the beach, and I also did like a digital blackout, or is this like? not going to deal with anything online today yeah uh, because it's been it's been an overload i'm zoomed out um, wouldn't you agree that as a uh, entrepreneur slash self uh you know small business owner um that or you know managing your own clientele and business that there's that never-ending feeling that i could be doing more i you know every moment i, I feel like before when i was working a 40-hour week and I could like show up and then when it was done, I would just go and do something that I really loved afterward. And you could really turn off to, so, to some extent from that experience. And then as being when you're doing your own thing, there's that element where it could be 11 o'clock at night and you're like, man, I should get ready for tomorrow. Like I could, yeah, I could, I could, like I've been getting the side <laughs> eye from my partner. Like you're still working. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's hard to stop sometimes. It's, that's, it is, but I, I've like given myself hard stops and I've also yeah. put like things like your phone. I have a do not sister that kicks in at 10 and then I have an app now that doesn't allow me to do certain, I've like, scheduled it where it doesn't allow me to do certain things. Wow. Part of the issue is with smartphones has made it really hard for us to stop working yeah. because we can do so much from our phones. Yeah. Um, 
And so, like, I've tried to eliminate some of that, um, you know, by, um, like, putting those apps on um, so that I can, like, make sure that I'm okay. Yeah, it's almost like um, a regulation but, check, isn't it? Like, yeah. Like, don't yeah. forget, don't forget, you're supposed to take care of it's, yourself, too. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And, like, one of the apps, I'm going to try it out this week has like where you can program program it where you can only like you say like I have to do this much activity mm. before I can and that'll allow me a set number of minutes on things like Instagram. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. I, I hear you. That's actually that's probably really smart. It's a good idea. Yeah. On that note in Zinga, is there I know there's a lot of people that might be listening that are going, man, how do you get that type of following where where you're where you're getting that sort of like feedback from people through your social media? Can you give a pointer slash a um, pep talk for for all of us that are wondering like what is a what's something that's a strategy that I could implement to try to feel like I'm my authentic self when I am operating on my social media? like a whole class <laughs> <laughs> I, know, so I know i know i won't well yeah no, and, no, and, and two words tips. or less no <laughs> i'm kidding no no no. i can give some tips um because it's actually something i teach oh, that's and cool. work with people all right on. so in terms of social media one don't expect to blow up overnight <laughs> most of the accounts that you see that have large following um one, if you see it overnight, they've bought followers. Mm-hmm. Um, the others who didn't buy followers, they've been working consistently on their social media for said number of years. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then big numbers don't always equate to lots of um, revenue. Mm-hmm. So don't focus on the numbers Focus on creating quality content that stays true to your mission and passion and the right people will follow you. So don't follow trends. There are certain strategies that you can take, Mm. but just because someone's like there's a hashtag trending today doesn't mean that you need to jump on it Mm. unless it makes sense for Mm. your company and your audience. What's more important is that through your post, your 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 um, audience can see you as an authority in your respective field. They can learn information from you, and also find out what you're doing in terms of offering. And remember, your biggest platform is your website. Mm. So don't focus just on building an audience on. Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, your goal is to get those people from those platforms to your website because the algorithms are not in our favor. Facebook mm. wants to pay to play mm-hmm. for people to see things on Instagram as well as Facebook. Mm-hmm. So like to also create opportunities for them to sign up on your email list because then you can convert them in a more effective way towards being um, a client. That's awesome, Nzinga. Thank you. I appreciate getting some inspiration there. 
That's good. Those are good points. I hear. I heard someone recently say that basically what you said too that the email is something that you can own and the website is something you own, whereas the platform is not something you really ever own. That can be kind of whipped out from underneath you in a moment's notice, whereas the other yeah. things are a little bit more. Um, you you own it. You can own that website. That's interesting. That's really cool. And then, all right, well, uh, as we, if we move toward closing our discussion, then I guess I would like to ask if you could give some advice to our listeners just in terms of, um, you've actually given us a lot of motivation to chew on already. So I don't think you would really have to say any more if you choose not to, but is there any message or comment you would like to make as we come to a close here? Is there something you can think of that could maybe inspire us and or give us that that oomph to kind of go, all right, today's today and I'm going to keep pushing here. Do you have any thoughts? Sure. So um, I like to leave with like one of my favorite quotes because mm-hmm. it also is like a, a tool of assessment for me. And it says, Are you making decisions that are leading you towards your miracles or ones that keep you in your madness? Mm. Say that again. Are you making decisions that are leading you towards your miracles or ones that keep you in your madness? That's a good one. That's awesome, Nzinga. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You are welcome. It's so great. I, I can't wait for us to have a chance to hang out and practice again in person, but... The virtual world is, is, is just as good. So thank you so much for um, taking time to sit down with us out of your day. And uh, we uh, look forward to having more conversations with you. Thanks. Uh, same. I'm looking forward to another practice. Thanks, Nzinga. Have a wonderful day. Same to you. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Native Yoga Toddcast. We really appreciate it and we hope you enjoyed. Remember that if you'd like to learn more about upcoming classes, workshops, teacher trainings, and our online yoga studio, all of which you can access at nativeyogacenter.com, your support is greatly appreciated. Have a wonderful day.